Hello, and welcome to the New Model Advisor podcast. Today, I have Chris Jones from a Dynamic Planner to talk about investments following coronavirus. In particular, I'm talking about risk. Chris, nice to have you with me today, uh, virtually, if not physically. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's um, good, good, good to speak to you and good to, uh, to see you, although I know obviously uh, and the listeners won't be able to see us. <laughs> no, no, might be for the best in my, the state of my place at the moment. Um, so I just want to start uh, talking about the general situation at the moment with investments and with risk, uh, how advisors are dealing with this in your experience. Yeah, so we, I think, um, as with the, uh, the advisors, we recognise that um, now is the time uh, not to hide and to um, get on the front foot and be positive and, and communicate with our clients. We've been trying to do that, and I've probably spoken to more, more of our clients recently than I have other times, um, and I know that they're doing the same with their clients. And what I've heard so far, we've also had our, our training academy as well, which is also a, a source of, um, of information. Um, uh, and across the board, this time round, what we're hearing is that um, clients are reassured and staying invested because of um, the risk-based approach that their advisors have taken. And the advisors are saying, well, actually, we've educated or trained or whatever term that they want to, to use our, our clients um, well over the years and therefore we have actually prepared them for this um, and, and not really having you know, difficult conversations in, in, in that context. Of course there's difficult conversations in other ways but, um, but so far that seems to be the thing. I've not really had anybody saying that um, uh, different to that. I've not had too many people that have made rash decisions or um, um, you know, felt under, under pressure because of um, uh, the falls in value. Yeah. Uh, have you heard much of kind of uh, clients panicking at all? Uh, you're saying that quite a few of them aren't, uh, but there must be one or two who have come to advisors and whether you've heard and wondered whether you have heard if they have done anything differently or how they have managed to reassure their clients. Yeah, I, th- I think the, um, uh, and it's obviously one of the reasons we did, we're doing that, the um, study that we started in, in, in September is the fact that, you know, we can talk about, um, uh, uh, risk, uh, which of course is what is, exists before it happens, and and it's all theoretical, you know. And yeah, um, we, we we try to equip the advisors with very many ways of explaining that um, that, that that risk beforehand. But of course, when it happens, you know um, how you feel you're going to deal with something isn't always um, how you are. So you get that behavioural gap. So no doubt there is going to be a um, a disconnect there and, and, and clients are going to be um you know concerned and worried about it um but i, just, I haven't heard of any, any anyone actually panicking i haven't heard of anyone being put on pressure to to buy or sell or perhaps you know um being unable to um reassure the client um i think the the um the hard work of course is done um uh, when you start a client on the journey i think yes the, the mifid requirement for annual reviews um, and even though that was obviously a, a good thing to do anyway, um, the fact that that's been, been been done in a way that the client can understand and and has got a risk focus has obviously um, made a big difference. Um, you know, so 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 far, so far I had nothing of, of panic. I know that the um, you know there's been sort of inflows and outflows on the asset management side. Yes. Um, and, I, and and I understand most of that is 
from um, you know, the institutional investors of sort of the rebalance of funds and, um, and portfolios rather than necessarily clients um, sort of pan panic and wholesaling, wholesale coming out of, um, of a suitable investment into, into cash or, or whatever they might, um, they might do. Yes. I mean, one thing I was looking at the other day was figures on outflows. And I was surprised actually by how low the equity outflows seem to be over March uh, compared to what I would have expected given, yeah. given, the, set, given the scale of the market falls. Yeah. Uh, I think the part, part of that is um, due to the speed as well. So I think one, one, what, what yes. um, is remarkable on, on this one is how fast it happened. Yes. Um, so no I, one really saw it come in. No. And, and, and you didn't sort of have a chance to, if you were, if you thought you were clever, which invariably you're not, but if you, if you thought you were clever enough to, 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 be, to time it and, and, and get in quick, you know, as it was falling, you still would have missed it, you know? Yes. And, um, so therefore, those people very quickly sort of realized that they, that they were where they were. Um, and, and the fall was so big that you say, well, actually, you know, I, I've got no choice but to, to stay invested. I think that, that, that's part of it. I think there's um, certainly no sort of obvious, um, uh, obvious way out. And I also think that um, um, the, the reactions in the markets um, to different stocks, different um, uh, markets and ass assets, in the days afterwards have also been flipping around as well. So, you know, almost like the, the, the short-term volatility on a daily basis is sort of um, you know, preventing people from thinking that they've got a, um, a, a market time opportunity as well, because, you know, th things are, um, you know, and, and not even sort of, you know, each individual stock is not really staying that, that, that stable as well. And uh, um, we've seen that with, say Tesco recently, it obviously was one of the original, if you put inverted commas around it, winners from this, but today its stock uh, has been quite volatile. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, so I think it's, you know, the, the, all the wisdoms of the years that um, we've accumulated and, uh, and, and spoke about are, um, are obviously coming uh, to become very useful right now. Um, I think from, from our perspective, um, we are uh, focusing on the long-term risk and reward for a client that is invested in the long-term to meet their goals. Yes. So we do have the benefit of you know, the importance of um, deferred spending, the fact that if, you know, inflation is probably the, the certainty that, 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 the, um, that, that you trade off for the risk of, of being involved in uh, an asset-backed investment. And, and so when you're looking like um, looking at it from that perspective, then you know, our long-term assumptions are much easier to um, uh, to make and to to meet than it would be if I was a um, an asset manager trying to um, you know pick pick stocks or um, do tactical yes. allocation today. So you know they, these guys, you know, you know we obviously did deal with a lot, and and they are very very impressive, very bright individuals with huge amounts of resource and capability um, uh, uh, behind them. So that, they're obviously, um, you know, to a different um, degrees of success, going to be managing their clients' money out of the, out of the fall. Um, and, uh, you know, and I don't envy their, their, their job. Um, um, but at the same time, you know, uh, the good news is for the, the investors in, you know, risk-based solutions is, is the fact that, that you will come out and, and you will, you know, inevitably, on average, over time, get the return that you're led to expect for the risk that you were led to expect, and and I think that's important to to remember that. Um, you know, 
it can be obviously different um, if you are um, planning to spend or needing to spend your money right now. So that's, that's a different scenario. If all of a sudden your life has changed to the point you need to access your capital or you always plan to access your capital. Um, and that's where, where obviously the, the advisor comes in and helps clients to make informed choices, what's the best thing to do. But um, uh, I think in, in, in the... Um, in, in the long term, like at a practical level, if you're not, if you don't need to spend your money soon, then this will all average itself out, and, and you'll end up pretty much where you um, you should expect it to be. Yes, that is one thing I think a lot of advisors have said to me on the idea that actually having a balanced portfolio of investments has actually been one of the key things they've been able to get across to their clients and say, look markets may have fallen by however much but actually you were only 50 60 percent in equities and you were in other uh, asset classes yeah. or even in cash yeah and and, and that's the um, the big difference between um what a consumer might see on the news and, and the headline market indices and what their actual real experience is um you know, so i think there's a as part of this additional required communication which um, uh, advisor might have thought was um, unhelpful when it became a rule but actually because um, a client might be seeing on the news something which is worse than, than the reality is when they actually get their um, their review uh, meeting their review statement or even their, their, their um, 10% for statement you know, it won't be as bad as what they heard on the news in most cases One thing I've actually heard from advisors is clients coming to them saying this is now a buying opportunity? Yeah, I mean, I think I think at a real pra pra practical uh, level, if you have got um, money that um, you know you don't need for uh, for quite a while, then you know now would be the time to um, uh, uh, to, to invest. Certainly, better than it would have been uh, uh, two, two months ago. Most yes, you better pick up um, pick up cheaper. Um, now, obviously, that, that wanders into the the whole concept of um, you know, time in the market again, but yes, you know, and how much risk you can really take in in one place. Exactly, and, and you need to treat that new money in the, in the same way. But the, the the average element, I mean, it makes perfect perfect sense that um, you know uh, you shouldn't be scared of investing uh, right now. And uh, I think the, the the interesting thing is is the whole concept of, of risk is, is is the fact that um, you know uh, when things are going really well. You know the, the risk is there, and just because the market hasn't fallen doesn't mean the risk is has gone. And I think no, there, was, exactly. there was there was a sort of feeling that that was the case. And I think there's a little we have to get challenges from uh, some people that have actually you know realised volatility is is has gone away, and, and 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 some of your assumptions are too too conservative. No, we're not having that conversation now. Um, but now, of course, where 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 the market has fallen, you know, people are probably. Thinking, well, well, I bet I invest in the stock market. It's just fallen, which is completely opposite, you know. And and that sort of emotional um, paradox um, is there, and that's when when advisors are coming along and sort of, you know, rationalising it for you and, and helping you to make those decisions in a, in a, in a more um, objective way and help overcome those sort of natural emotions. Yes, available. One thing I did wonder talking about risk is whether a portfolio's risk profile as such could change as a result of this as in something as a fund potentially maybe was viewed as less risky mm. actually following this crisis some of its holdings might become riskier um, for argument's sake we could say 
budget airlines or something mm. like that is that something that you can model into a risk profile or is yeah, that something so that's actually like, you yeah what were you going to say yeah, it's a good point yeah no, so i think i think yeah, that is interesting i don't think necessarily um uh, uh, the risk has, has, has changed as, as, as such it's more that yeah. there's certain risks that we would we would have considered have now become more unbelievable on a better, better description. Yeah. So one of the, the key things that um, we've been focusing on uh, for, for, for a while is looking at the underlying instruments and, and considering um, the default um, uh, credit risk and, uh, and, and liquidity risk, um, which again, you know, has, has kind of not really been appreciated because it felt like a theater, theoretical risk. And, and, and that does pick up you know the fact yes. there will be a um, you know, there will be companies who you know uh, not only does the share fall in falling value they, they they literally can't pay pay you back on the uh, the money that you um, uh, that, that you lend them um, you know uh, so that 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 is that is real um, but the risk was there before the fact this is the kind of time when it when it matters and and you'll start to feel it um, doesn't mean that the risk um, is, is is any greater you know the the um, you know, the price of, of, of listed debt is factored in now uh, yes. to include um, the default risk because obviously the free, the free market will deal with that. Um, and as long as you diversify, then you know the, for everyone that um, you know, the, the defaults, one of the other ones will will be more successful as a result. And and as we come out of the um, come out of this, there will be winners and losers. Um, and I can't I'm the last person to, to tell you who the winners and losers are going to be, but the asset managers will know. Um, and um, you know, and, and, and that level off. And for every you know, every holding that um, went from 100% to zero uh, because it literally went bust and defaulted, there'll be another one that uh, that makes your money. Others that make your money um, um, uh, back. So um, I think I think the key thing is there is, is 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 to appreciate these other factors and not to look yes. at. I mean, I suppose the idea that you have simply risk assets and non-risk assets. Um, equity um, being sort of high risk and bonds uh, uh, low risk is flawed insofar as you know um, the, the uh, when the equity goes the bond goes next um, and also which equity and which bond and then also you know the fact that um, the two things you know are negatively correlated and, and a mixture is better it's just all the stuff that we spoke you know as an industry we spoke about for a while and yes and, and, and that really sort of um, come to uh, so it's easier to express uh, those theories when they become reality, but I suppose they're all part of the, the risk equation before. Um, to answer the, the, the second part of the question, I guess, is, is of course, you know, with everything happening so, so, so quickly, then, um, you know, and perhaps bonds not falling and equities falling, um, is that you, in actual fact, you'll probably find that um, most portfolios are now lower risk than they were before because um, you know, nobody's rebalanced yet. Um, yes. Yes. So quickly, so you you probably look at someone who is on, you know, their their, their bond exposure is probably higher than their their, their equity exposure, um, and you know, there's plenty of reasons to imagine that the um, coming out of this, um, what's going on economically, that it's actually the equities that will will fare, fare better than the, um, um, uh, the, the the bonds. So you know, the asset managers and the funds will be able to to uh, manage that probably quicker than perhaps if you were building an individual portfolio, but you make sure that, um, uh, you know, that, that perhaps there's another reason to make sure you do a review and, and, and re-look at what your, you know, if you've got a, a portfolio of individual funds, 
then you, you risk profile that today and you haven't changed, haven't rebalanced, then uh, many of them be lower risk. Um, yeah. Whereas obviously um, most of the funds will have, will have dealt with that. You mentioned there kind of uh, the idea that maybe some assumptions we currently have are a little bit flawed. Do you think there would be a long-term impact on the idea of what a portfolio should or could look like as a result of this? I don't think so. We, we consider that all, all, all the time. And I think the, um, the, the, the assumptions, I think the assumption that is flawed is the fact that there is a risk asset and a non-risk yeah. asset. Um, the way in which you look at the correlations and, 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 uh, between um, uh, asset classes and, uh, and holdings and the way in which you consider the risks. And, and again, I mean, you're not going to be a sort of a champion for, for Esmond, Mifid and the FCA, but the, the focus on liquidity, complexity, credit risk and all that kind of, kind of stuff really you know, has to be considered. And you've got market risk. And but then you've also got this additional factor that um, it's all very well that uh, you know, the markets are doing this, but if the company goes bust, you know, that's, uh, that's a major one, you know. Um, yes. And they can go bust for many reasons. And, and so that, that, that all those assumptions are... Um, are, are correct, and I think those those are are, are the right ones. But I don't think um, you know our long term assumptions. We don't anticipate um, uh, changing our expectations on all, all those, those um, uh, factors just because of what has happened. But you can imagine if, um, if there were some uh, major social geopolitical changes after this that. Uh, things would change, so yes, you know, and and, and that's way off um, being being played out yet. I mean, I think you you don't know what the impact of um, you know, all the government assistance to to societies are. We don't know what's going to happen when that's turned off. We don't know whether you know, um, you know Western Western society is going to remain as capitalist as it once was, or it's going to move a little bit further into um, you know things like. Um, Guaranteed basic incomes and that kind of stuff. So, you know, so that the whole structure of of the free market economy, if that were to change as a result of this, then clearly, then that would that would change sort of the uh, the fundamental assumptions. But I think quite we, we, quite we, a we, difficult uh, topic yeah. for advisors to think about oh, when I mean, they're making just, their client portfolios. Exactly, and and that, you know, but what I'm saying is that I wouldn't consider that. But I'd say yes. that's the point where you start yeah. to rethink things. Of course, um, you know, and uh, if you look at um, uh, so the, the assumptions that you have used for your cash flow plan, the assumptions you use for how much money uh, a client would expect to get for the for loss he's made, they are actually being proven by what's happened. Um, and I, I think what we've now had um, um, is you know, our long-term assumptions of uh, return against inflation are now what you would have got, whereas actually an uh, accusation you could have thrown at us um, six months ago is, is that we were too conservative. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's because it's an average nature. You know, and there are obviously going to be times that you're going to do better than the average and there's going to be worse than the average. That's the nature of an average. But, but to, to realistically expect to set your risk return assumptions, they've actually been proven by, by recent events and, and become even, even more accurate. But, you know, nothing is certain. And um, I think what's sort of, because we base our assumptions on, on long-term macroeconomics e- and things, then it would have to be something of the magnitude that I described with a fundamental change in the structure of, of, of society for us to fundamentally change what our, um, our, our assumptions are. Yeah. One thing I'd quite like to quickly go back to you on as well is for clients who are planning to spend money right now, yeah. is there much they can do or are advisors in a 
very tricky position. Yeah, I, I think it, it depends on um, on the scenario. I, I, I like to think of this time as a as sort of um, uh, a pause. So yeah. you know, therefore, um, uh, most good financial advisors will have uh, worked on the assumption that the client should have an emergency fund. And of course, you know, we live in a modern society where for most of us, our emergency fund isn't cash in the bank, it's a credit card, right? So we yes. accept that's us, right? We are those people. But the advisor was still told us to put some money in the bank and we just spent it on the whole day and then you know, use that credit card for emergencies. Um, but nonetheless, that short-term planning is there for if you lose your job because um, you do something wrong or redundant or if there's a coronavirus, you know, you're still losing your job. So those kind of personal sudden needs for... For, for, for money or you know if something you said you have to go and have a repair in your house all those sort of things that have to go and you know pay for some healthcare all those sort of shock things normally will be dealt with by what you have as an, as an emergency fund and, and for most people that will, that should see them through this pause particularly with the government government subsidies if you're entering into some situation perhaps where you um have now decided that um you know, you're going to retire or or you're retired off as a result, or you can't get another loan. This becomes a long-term thing, way, way beyond the pause. Then, of course, you know that's what your money was invested for, and um, you know. And I think the, te- the, the temptation there, of course, is to think, well, actually, I'll, I'll take, I'll just cash it all in, which of course means that you're you're going to lose out and miss out on the upside. But of course, you know, it, this is where proper you know, cash flow planning and, and advice comes in, where you sort of, how much do you need? What have you got? What's the best option? Do we use your credit card? Do we use your overdraft? Do we do we take a little bit out? Do we take the cash out of your portfolio? Um, you know, and if, if, of course, you start to move into a situation where you're converting your capital into an income for a long period of time, then you move into sort of the choices of, well, actually, am I going to try and take the natural income that's available, or am I going to start um, selling down units? And, um, that's one of the reasons, um, if, regardless of what's happened today, because we've been working up for two years, is that we know that most people can't afford to live off the natural income and, and, and will yes. want to take regular withdrawals. And you know, and if you are going to take regular withdrawals, you don't really want to take it out of something that's going up and down um, and, and, you know, and reversing the pound cost averaging and, you know, and, and damaging your capital too, too, too fast. And um, I think the, the, that's, that's an important factor is, is once you you decide that you are going to you know, take regular draws from your uh, investments, if you pick, pick the right the right solution, um, the right right funds to do that. And I think this is this this time has sort of brought that um, uh, into the, into into a sharp focus with people in that that situation. You perhaps because things were going so well before this happened, um, it didn't really matter what fund you were you were in. It probably still would have worked. Whereas yeah. now the, the, that that isn't isn't the case, um, and uh, um, therefore people will sort of rethink their investment solutions for people that are are, are doing that, and um, and so, and so it should be that's Cobbs, that's Mifid, that's how it's supposed to be. I mean, there isn't you know, the, the key thing about this is there isn't a um, one single perfect investment solution. There's you know, there's probably a, it's a perfect investment solution for you as an individual, and the advisor will help you to find it. Yes, um, yes. We need to have uh, lots of different people and there's lots of different funds and, and that uh, makes for quite a, a successful market. Well, that's, the, it's, that's going to be the interesting thing when you think about pension freedoms, for example, taking a very big test now. Yeah, massively so. And, and, and um, I think it's interesting that as well because um, yeah, uh, the, the big shock um, 
uh, is already factored into both sets of clients. You know, the, the pre and post retirement people are, are equally affected by, by, by it. You know, if you're five years or three years from the retirement or three years into retirement, you know, this still you know, is going to be felt by you. Yes. Um, but the, it's the long-term sort of um, volatility, the long-term regular volatility of your, of your unit prices that, that will just be the slow death. And that's probably the more damaging. I mean, if, if you were, you know, you're going to have to make some, 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 some practical decisions about um, what you do if you were in drawdown and you've just seen a big fall in your capital. If I was on how to do that. But, but at the same time, you know, people probably do need to think about how much income they need because you're probably not spending on restaurants, golf, holidays. No, that's a good days. point. So, so, you know, I don't think anyone will be spending it on cruises anytime yeah, soon. Exactly. So, so all of a sudden, you, you just cut, there's, a, there's an element of this, which is to cut your crop accordingly. And again, that's where sort of cash flow planning comes in to help you sort of realise that, uh, that, that, that you can do that for, for, for a period of, period of time. Um, the natural income scenario is obviously an interesting one as well because yes. um, you know uh, we've always supported um, the research into um, natural income for those that where, where, it, where, where it's suitable and you know it still will be. But your point around sort of Aviva, you know, is it, 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 the reality that even if you, you know, didn't feel comfortable selling units to spend you, um, and you wanted to only spend what was distributed to you, you're almost going to be forced, depending on how your platform is structured or your product is structured you know you might not even know it and you will be selling units because the um the, the dividends are just simply not being paid and the interest is obviously a lot lower than it was and and, and, and so forth and um it doesn't mean necessarily mean that's a bad thing but it, it means that you um you know you, your, your the idea that you can get any level of income over the next sort of six months to a year um uh, it's just um it's, you know, that, that is a challenge and, and as yes. you were saying about um Viva and you know um, and LNG, they're both really, really good, strong, strong companies. One paying a different amount of wages. Does that materially change the growth prospects of those two companies? I mean, the analysis of the success of those two companies is you know, born out of the analysis that the, the investment managers do. I doubt about that materially change. But one side to pay a bit different than one hasn't. And and you know, if you're an asset manager, should you be forced to buy the one that pays a different in order to 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 to, um, uh, to meet an income goal, this creates a, a sort of a um, a, dispa- a, a sort of kink in, in in the free market a little bit. Yes, yes, I think that will be an interesting thing to look out for in terms of how the markets maybe reshaped a little bit. And um, there's plenty of, of obviously there's lots of companies that don't pay dividends um, and um, buy back shares. And then there's you know, typically in, in in Japan they don't tend to pay a dividend. Dividend is quite a a UK um, uh, thing, isn't it? Where you're, they, 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 you're as, a, as a large company, you're expected to pay one, whereas yes. other, other, other places they don't. And you still get the, the same overall return, I imagine, from a, from a company that um, you know, buy, buys back shares and one that distributes. Yes. So maybe there's some kind of rethinking needs to happen along those lines. Yeah. I'd just kind of like to finish maybe by discussing quickly if you don't mind active and passive and whether there is a difference in the risk between the two because you will get some people saying passive is arguably less risky either because of the cost or because it is a more arguably again more spread out risk yeah I think it, 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 it's interesting isn't it i think the um i suppose it's also important to um differentiate um 
risk and 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 past performance yeah <laughs> and, and performance as such so so effectively we, we we will categorize the um all the options into 10 different risk profiles and if you're in a risk profile five and you're passive and you're in a risk profile five and you're active then we will be quite confident that you're taking the same the, the same yes risk i think the um uh, the, the, the the passive um approach means that you are going to uh, over time save charges um yes and also you're on average going to miss out the um idea of a manager active manager making a bad decision and both those principles um take a long time yes um and if you were on, on the flip side you know if you were prepared to pay an active manager for the um his work um, to try and beat the market for you and try and make investment decisions for you. Sometimes you'll get that money back and sometimes um, uh, uh, you won't. Um, and, you know, that's just two different choices. Right? How, how would you want to invest your money? So, you know, for us, it's quite easy just to, to have all these conversations around, well, actually, I'll just wait for the you know, MSI world to, to work over the next 20 years, right? Whereas if you're, if you're not into that kind of stuff, then the idea that no one is doing anything with your money right now, no one is, no one is thinking about whether I should buy Tesla, no one's thinking whether I should buy Beaver or LNG, no one yes. is, um, and, and positioning for it, um, uh, you know, is, um, is, is not comfortable. So, yeah. so I think the, um, I'd imagine that we've had a long period where very large companies have done very well. And that always suits the passives who will invariably be, you know, overweight in the big companies and underweight in the smaller companies because of you know, the maths of it all. You know. To be overweight in Amazon, you've got about six percent. You know, so it's like, yeah. you know, so you're not going to go too far. Like you're not going to double. I'm about twelve, are you? Right. So, um, uh, so you, you get that. So Pass has done very well for for a long time because you've had all the large caps doing very well. And I think in, in some respects, you know, um, you know, some of the large caps like Microsoft would have done done well out of this. But it, it, it's also what you do. Um, to get out of this is, is where you where you uh, position yourself for the recovery. Where I think active managers will really show show their value. Yeah. Um, um, you know, in really simple terms, there's another, there's another um, perception out there that actually ESG funds have done really well. So maybe ESG is the thing to do going forward. Now ESG is obviously good for for its own sake, but it doesn't mean it's risk and reward. It, it's um, it's fundamentally because airlines and um, oil companies didn't get that yes, badly. Yes. Right? So that's not ESG. That means that oil companies and airlines have done badly. Well, why was that? Well, you know, because because <laughs> we've got the coronavirus and the oil prices fallen. Yes. So, that doesn't, yeah, so of course, if you were an um, active manager of underweight in um, uh, oil companies and, and airlines, you've done better than passive, haven't you? And if you were, yes. you've done worse. You know, so, uh, so I, I, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the, the active passive debate is, is a, um, it should be one of the conversations that you have with the client. The client knows what he's paying for, you know, yeah. and um, I think if you, if you, if you got, if you had the cheapest fund in the world and uh, you've lost 20%, it's no, it's a very cold comfort to say, well, actually, you know, you used to have 100 grand, now you've got 20, but don't worry, I saved you 40 quid. It's just the, the quantum is that, that doesn't add up. Yes. Um, so I think the, the important thing is that people understand, you know, oh, actually you know, understand what, they, what, what their client um, is going to be most comfortable with and understand what the 
um, the solution is designed to do and match those up. Um, yes. You know, so for, for many people, passively the right answer. For many people, actively the right answer. And if you want to know which is right for a risk profile, then obviously you can select from one of our risk profile solutions and, you know, and have a look and think yes. about it and look about how much you have to pay for what you're getting and, and look at how they perform in different scenarios and look at their prospectus as to how they're going to, to run your money. And, um, you know, and I think that if you do that, then you've got a good chance of um, matching the right client to the right fund. Yes, yes, that makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Really enjoyed this chat and hopefully can speak to you again soon Brilliant. when we maybe know a little bit more about what's yes, happening. Exactly. And hopefully it all turns out for the best, which I'm sure it will. Yes, hopefully it will. Thank you very much for listening to the New Model Advisor podcast. Please like, share and subscribe. And we look forward to hearing more from you.